Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, we weren't aware, and I guess you weren't either, unless you play for the team, that England are an over-70s team. They play Wales tomorrow in an international. That's great. And we spoke to Ken Pollock, who is the uh, player manager of the England over-70s. We were also joined by Nick Pete, uh, one half of the Fight Disciples podcast, big boxing expert. Mm. We talked a bit of um, uh, AJ versus Usyk this weekend, and we had the Canelo Caleb plant fall out in their press conference. He spoke about that. It was very entertaining. And uh, Moose Rock Wonga joined us, journalist and author. He has co-written a book with our old mate Ian Wright, mm. uh, aimed at the sort of pre-teen kids market. It's fascinating stuff, and we hope you enjoy that chat. With uh, Musa, uh, we had a bit of a chat about various We did, things. yeah, that's exactly the right. The listeners got involved and told us all sorts of stuff, and here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Yes, good afternoon. It, it, we're talking about the Carabao Cup, won't we? We'll talk about it later, whether it's worthwhile thing. Well, no, we, well, we did talk about that yesterday, mm, did you? actually. Yeah, we yeah. talked about the, the prospect of maybe in 2024 it, it not existing in its current format. Won't be missed. I, I, it's so pointless now. It's so oh, much okay. a money-making exercise. It's not about anything but that. It's basically even the lower league team now, that's why you don't get a lot of giant kings because everybody plays their second team. Well, you know, until it matters. I just wonder if Pep you know. went off it a bit, whether <laughs> whether it would make teams... Because, I mean, ultimately, um, I did feel when, yeah, when, Tottenham, when Tottenham got there last year... I mean, you've always got a puncher's chance on the day. When Tottenham got there last year, the likelihood was that City would put out a full-strength team and win. And that's exactly what happened. So all the time... I mean, I'm not... Mm. In, in a lot of ways, it does the service great... It does the competition great credit because he does treat it with respect. And I'm sure the people at Carabao and the Football League absolutely love that. But if you know ultimately... I mean, look, Birmingham Arsenal's do happen. But if you were Birmingham now, you got to the final and you were faced with De Bruyne, Foden and uh, Grealish, you probably wouldn't fancy your chances, no, would you? No, you wouldn't. It's, it's just... Uh, it's one cup too many. We don't yeah. need it, really. And uh, it was a good though last night. Gareth Ainsworth uh, with... Pep at the end. I'm sure Pep said to him, "Can I have some of your hair?" He seems to be gesturing. <laughs> do you think? Do you think Pep would say that? Can I have some? I don't I know. It's, an old, might, it's an old school gag, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I think he would. Yeah. He was as he sort of his after match uh, interviews are always sort of like you, you're sort of supposed to feel sorry for him, you know? Like, 
<laughs> he says, you know, about the players who are not fit and how who, Kevin De Bruyne is getting games because he needs it. We need him. You know, you think, oh, shut up. You're not managing something. You're not managing Tramir or something. Like, you know, honestly. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. He really is. Um, what was I going to say? You moan oh, about um, injuries, though, didn't you? You've got a pretty deep squad and you, yeah, you still have a bit of a well, moan depends, about injuries. Depends, who, depends who's injured. Yeah. And uh, we're you, made... you're not sure. You're a Sal. You're wondering when we're going to see him again. Do you think he'll turn out tonight, Sal Niguez? Well, it'd be interesting if he doesn't. I think they got a problem. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he... you're, you're, you're that question... was the sort of debut that would put a manager off forever. I think you're questioning <laughs> whether he'll ever play for Chelsea again. That's amazing. <laughs> well, it was so bad. Yeah, you know, we'll see. Imagine if he didn't. Imagine that's all he got. You know, you just think to you, it's just you think to yourself. It's like George Weir's why cousin. Did, that, why, did he, why did Simeone go <laughs> off him? It's him, isn't it? Have you checked? Exactly. It was definitely you him. Know, there must be a you know, they Atletico wouldn't let him go. He was brilliant two years ago. So yeah. there's something's gone on there. But we'll see. We'll see. I mean, he, it won't be great because playing, we're playing Villa again. So it's like a sort of... I think like nightmare. writing a player off after 45 well, minutes I'm in not a completely right, I'm not writing him off. I'm just saying I we wonder if the it. manager we might do it. it. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's possible. Um, <clears> although, to be fair, I watched the Carabao... Goals show last night mm. on Sky. It was quite mm. fun, you yeah. Know, but there was a lot of goals, a lot of goals, but there were just no upsets really. Uh, this is a good uh, fact from the Daily Star today. Mm. Fact of the day: the world's hardest punch was thrown by MMA fighter Francis Ngannou. Uh, it measured one hundred twenty-nine thousand one hundred sixty-one units. <laughs> what you? What of what? Yeah, <laughs> it it's a really mad statistic that you think. Oh yes, of course it did, and uh, it's equivalent though. This will help you to being hit by a twelve-pound sledgehammer. <laughs> it's quite okay. quite a punch, which I'd isn't say. Mark West of uh, Queensbury. Well, then again, neither's MMA, is it? <laughs> no. Now, Andy, can I interest you yeah. in a double bed, uh, an L-shaped sofa? A circular glass table <laughs> yeah. and four dining table chairs. Yes, you can, uh, as long well, as they belong to Matt Ryan. They do. They do <laughs> belong to Matt Ryan, the uh, the former Brighton Hove Albion goalkeeper who's on his way to Spain. Mm. And obviously he can't, he can't take them with him or he doesn't want to. They're currently in storage. I can tell you, because Matt's been advertising them, they've been kept in good condition. They're currently in storage. He's left a contact email, so if anybody is interested in that little um, setup, if you've got, you just got to move it into a new flat, it may be, or a you know, mm. student. Digs, I don't know. You're sleeping on Matt Ryan's bed. By well, osmosis, I mean, you may there, there a is a case goalkeeper. for him. He could have given it away, I suppose. He can do what he likes. But he can do what he likes. But I love the way they said his tatty old furniture to make yeah. a sort of contrast between oh, it doesn't look that tatty. I thought, to I me. thought no, they said prem, prem goalie Matt flogs tat online. You think, well, it's only because yeah. it rhymes with Matt. You wouldn't have done that otherwise. Would have, you, you? have you noticed that? No piece can appear in a newspaper now without the obligatory social media quote to kind of validate it. No, that's right. And in this one, uh, it was a post uh, sparked a fan's backlash. It was Goujon Arsenal Christensen. <laughs> Probably not his real name. <laughs> Honestly, he's got a lot of soul or Goujon. <laughs> he certainly has. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, Goujon said, mate, you earn 50k a week and you're selling your furniture. We can do what he likes, Goujon. Yeah. Um, you're gonna, you're gonna, you'll be careful. You might get battered by him at some point. <laughs> so anyway, the reason we bring this up is sometimes, probably not as much these days. I mean, the likelihood mm. 
I don't know of uh, you buying a cyborg from Kevin De Bruyne. Is, I mean, it's unlikely, isn't <laughs> it's it? It's unlikely, really. Just really, chuck yeah. it in a skip or, or give it away. But <laughs> I just wondered, over the years, have you bought anything from the stars? And uh, it would be the bigger the star and the, the kind of least likely uh, item. So if you haven't bought Pepin anything... Pepin we're so grateful to Kevin for if, selling his cyborg. Yeah, if you have bought, <laughs> if you have bought anything from the stars, please do let us know. Talksport.com forward slash H&J, text to 81089 or tweet to TSH&J. You could be eyeing a piece of furniture in your place or maybe your mum and dad had Stan Matthew's old wardrobe. <laughs> I don't know, your old nan. Your nan had uh, Dixie Dean's... He wouldn't have had a coffee table, would he? <laughs> Dixie Dean. His old bath, his old tin bath <laughs> that he had. He'd have a coffee table. in front of the fire. <laughs> well, yeah, have, Trevor Brookings' old onyx table. I remember once there was an at-home with Trevor Brookings. <laughs> full of onyx. And it? it was full of onyx, yeah. It was, that was a, in the sort of 70s. There, mm. People loved these kind of hard, jagged... Yeah, my surf- parents had quite a lot of onyx... Hard, jagged, like you'd have a big mm. cigarette lighter. Cigarette, yeah, we had it on. Size of lighting. AJ's fist, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and it was all jagged edges. You could take someone's eye out with it. but well, um, Or deliver a punch worth 129,000 yeah. points on so the So Trevor Brookings scale. World of Onyx, which was good. Uh, the other thing was, I was just reading the story today, a silver pocket watch once owned by Oliver Cromwell is up for sale, 180 oh, yeah. grand. And I don't know, it just reminded me of one of those sort of sayings. You know, he had a face like Cromwell's watch. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. I love those ones. I used to play with a bass player, Dave, and he used to say, he said, what's the matter with you? You've got eyes like a robber's horse. Yes. And I told you, I'd never worked it out. No. But I I still use it to this day. I know. What does it mean? It's like, pass it on like the monkey's paw. It means absolutely nothing at all. But um, it sounds like it does. So if you've got any more of those, there must be someone in the family who's done stuff like that. Yeah, so uh, face like Cromwell's watch. Eyes mm. oh, like a robber's horse. If, if there's any of those in circulation, you can share those with the class. Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TSH&J. Uh, Dave, the Wickham fan, says, I was in the Townley pub outside the Etihad last night before the game. I was on Twitter as the teams were released. An old City fan sat at the bar, looked at my uh, looked over my shoulder at the City team and patted me on the back and said, unlucky, son. <laughs> Hadn't even kicked off. But Dave, you knew. I mean, you, well, of course. you were going for the experience, really. You weren't expecting yeah, it. Apparently, win. they put up a good show. They but, did. Um, yeah. uh, we're going to talk about the Usyk uh, Anthony Joshua fight mm. later. But oh, both papers, the Star and the Sun, had a, a piece about the fact that Usyk's been watching Peaky Blinders. Yeah, yeah. And they both decided to mock him up. The Sun's mock up's pretty good. Yeah. But I do love <laughs> a terrible Photoshop. Look at the Daily Star. <laughs> They've not, not their, even trying. They've is not it? put their back into that, <laughs> have they? Rubbish, really? really? Looks like Bag of Vance, doesn't it? Doesn't even look like Peaky Blinders. Not even the right hat. Not the right hat. Never mind. Okay, well, get in touch. Talksport.com. Text eight ten eighty nine. Tweet T S H and J. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. 
And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Uh, you've been telling us about... Uh, this is from Darren, the Arsenal fan. Um, he said, I was watching my uh, son's USA uh, college uh, soccer game last night and the commentator was full of sayings. A few of the highlights... Well, I like this guy. Once you've heard what he says, I think we should get it okay. over. The defender has got the driver out and hit it down the fairway. He was describing a clearance. <laughs> After a defender made a mistake and then won the ball back, he described it as, he has made a spillage in aisle four and cleaned up himself. Yeah, that's quite good. <laughs> this guy's good. Let's get him on. Let's get him on TalkSport. Anyway, uh, you can keep those coming. Uh, TalkSport.com, uh, text 1889, tweet TSH&J. I once bought Chris Evans' table, tennis table, says Tim from London. That's the best I've got. That's not bad. Tremendous. I've heard worse. Um, uh, Matt Ryan selling... Uh, a coffee table and a sofa and a bed, uh, the old uh, Brighton Keeper. So, what did you buy from the stars? Do let us know. Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet to TSH&J. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Good afternoon, Paul Hawksby, Andy Jacobs here on Talksport. Well, you won't need telling us a huge fight at uh, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium mm. uh, this weekend. We'll be uh, chatting about that shortly. But uh, you may have also seen there's a bit of a fallout in the uh, press conference between uh, Canelo Alvarez and uh, Caleb Plant a little bit earlier on. Punches thrown, um, some pretty strong words. Um, also, both fighters throwing those at each other. Some might say libelous. Unedifying, I think. <laughs> well, I mean... <laughs> Let's uh, chat now to one half of the Fight Disciples, the excellent podcast uh, with uh, Adam Catterall. It's Nick P. Hi, Nick. Afternoon, gents. Okay. Yeah, yeah good. Thanks. Thank you. Um, yeah. So I suppose, we. I mean, did that shock you? I saw one or two of American writers uh, today in, in, in light of, of that little dust up saying they'd never seen anything like it. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, these guys have had a little bit of a spat coming into it, but it's been so drawn out, this fight actually happening. You know, let's let's bear in mind here that Canelo Alvarez is trying to unify the super middleweight division the first time it's ever been done. He's trying to add all four belts. He's got one more to go against Caleb Plant. So we knew there was going to be a bit of needle, but I don't think anybody expected them to start throwing punches at one another. And then, you know, I think for me, the, the highlight was even afterwards when they got on a microphone and Caleb Plant started to verbally attack Canelo and verbally attack his head coach, Eddie Reynoso, for the, uh, the the number of PED failures that camp suffered in the last couple of years. So lots going into this fight and we're still two months away from the official first punch being thrown. Yeah, he, he called him, he said you're a drug cheat, didn't he? He just openly threw that at him. He sure did. You know, I think the reason being Oscar Valdez, who is Canelo's teammate, he failed a drug test last month and despicably only in boxing. The uh, the governing body, the WBC, brushed it under the carpet and allowed him to fight anyway, even though he'd failed, uh, you know, on the VADA test list. So and that's the third failed test, including Canelo's own Clem Bluterol test 
from uh, 2019. That that camp has suffered in the last three years. So as I say, there was uh, was plenty for him to go at there, and it's unfortunately it's the state of boxing at the moment. I've got to agree with him. You know, what, why should one camp be allowed to do whatever they like? But apparently they do. And it is a shadow over Canelo, who's got a great reputation and he is a great fighter, isn't he? He's, you know, he's the number one you know, pound for pound best boxer on the planet today. You know, there's no doubt about that. He's the biggest star in the sport. He sells more pay-per-views than anybody else. He, he truly is the biggest star in boxing. But, you know, a failed Clem Brutal test. And, and we know that Mexico has had an issue in the past. The Mexican football team all failed for the same thing. And it is something that is found in contaminated meat. But the fact that he failed two tests to Zayana's B sample and then was, you know, suspended for six months, that was obviously a, an absolute slap on the wrist. But for me, that's still a failure. So, yes, there should always be an asterisk next to anybody's name that fails a drug test, especially in fight sports, because it's not cycling. It's not athletics. Mm. This is a sport where you are actually physically trying to harm your opponent. So, yeah. I mean, psychologically, from Caleb Plant's point of view, he he, he swings at Canelo and he, he seems to dodge the punch. Now, I, I just wonder yeah, how he true. feels about it. Well, if he can dodge it when it's a cheap shot and he's not expecting it, what chance have I got when he knows it's coming? Is that the truth? You know, you you, you throw a you throw, you throw a, a shot at a man in a pair of chinos and a pair of loafers, and he slips out the way and then hits you back with a one-two and cuts your eye open. It doesn't bode well for when he's actually expecting a punch, does it? But listen, that that's why Canelo's the best on the planet. He's so quick, he's so elusive, and he hits you back with two punches before you even know it. So so yeah, I kind of feel for Caleb Plant while I champion him for for verbally going after Canelo and his head coach. I also feel sorry for him because there's an element here of prodding the monster and I've got a feeling in two months time he's going to pay the price for yesterday yeah well it won't harm the pay-per-view <laughs> of what happened earlier on anyway <laughs> the um so the fight this weekend Nick looking at uh, some of your tweets you, you have some concerns for AJ don't you Listen, I don't think it necessarily concerns for AJ. I'm just more aware of the fact that this guy is legit. You know, we're talking about Alexander Usyk at the peak of his powers. This is not, you know, Vladimir Klitschko, who's two years removed from being beat up by Tyson Fury in Germany uh, and being out of the ring. And it's, you know, it's not this cavalcade of opponents that, listen, these are the top, top 20 heavyweights in the world and pretty much AJ's run through them all. But with all due respect, they're only top 20 in the world in this era. They certainly wouldn't be in any other era. And listen, you can't blame AJ for that. He can only beat the man in front of him. But what I'm saying is there's only a handful of opponents out there that I would match alongside Anthony Joshua or, or, or let's say, say is a big threat to Anthony Joshua. Fury's one. Wilder, of course, with his power. I think Dillian White, with the way he's come back after losing to Joshua, is absolutely in the mix. And the fifth man for me, categorically, is the former undisputed cruiserweight champion of the world, Alexander Usyk. He's fast, he's elusive, he's strong, he's incredible at mind games, and he's a patient fighter. And he'll know, like we all know, after watching AJ so many times and supporting him so many times, at some stage in the fight, AJ will run out of gas. He will hit a wall and he will have to push through that wall. It happens in every one of his fights because he's so big and so muscular. Usyk will be waiting. If he can capitalise then... Will AJ's he still be there though? I mean, he's got more power than him, hasn't he? Uh, you, Nick, you were making the point well, that, that he's not he's not finished the fight in the first five rounds for, for some time, has he? 
No, he hasn't. It's been a long time since AJ pulled the trigger early on. Now, listen, I, I get it. It adds longevity. Look at Lennox Lewis's career and even Klitschko's career. All the great big heavyweights, which is what AJ is. You know, they get to a point in the career where they start realising that they can work behind the jab, soften up an opponent for six or seven rounds and then take them out. Um, and But that's a big gamble against someone like Usyk that is lying in wait. I think... Pouncing on Usyk, jumping on him, going back to the old AJ, letting leather fly early, putting him into uncomfortable positions. We've seen it against Derek Chisora. Derek Chisora, for two or three rounds, had Usyk, I wouldn't say in trouble, but he was certainly on the back foot and taking shots. If AJ does that, AJ is a much bigger finisher and a much faster puncher than, uh, than Derek Chisora. I think he could shock the world. For me, if he was to stop Usyk inside six rounds, and I think that is the, the logical game plan to just go for it, um, I think it would be the best win of AJ's career. It would be absolutely sensational. I think if he lies in wait and patiently tries to work for a points decision, that's risky because Usyk will be waiting when it gets to the deep waters. Yeah, very interesting. He signed a new deal <clears> finally <throat> with Matchroom yesterday, which probably doesn't mean a great deal to the average boxing fan. The only effect it's I where suppose, he appears is where he appears yeah. next. Does he say with Sky? Does he move to DAZN where most of the Matchroom fighters are having their fights? I mean, that, that has a knock-on effect for the, the paying punter, isn't it? Of course, you know, but, you know, Eddie Hearn has moved and jumped ship entirely to the zone and he's adamant that the eyeballs will come with him. Right now, it's difficult to see that. You know, it's only really hardcore boxing fans that have made the leap, even though it's only, I think it's seven ninety nine a month now. Um, but still, you know, it, it's not like they can advertise it after Jordan Premier League games and people will stick around like they did and, and can do on Sky Sports. But to get people to subscribe, to get people to move over in waves over to the zone, the biggest fighters in the world have got to be there. Canelo's there already. AJ is an essential part of that building process. So I do think this will be AJ's last ever fight on Sky Sports. I think he will go over to the zone as part of this career-long deal. And I tell you what, I haven't seen the contract, boys, but I get... I bet there's a few zeros on that one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And at that point mm. you make there about, you know, showing it in other sports to get people to buy the pay-per-view. Looks like DAZN are trying to address that at the moment. They're, they're, they're interested in BT's football business, mm. uh, we read. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I'm fortunate enough to, you know, I do some work with DAZN. I do some work at the moment on UFC over at BT Sports as well. They've got some incredible people working behind the scenes over there. And it does seem to be, the logical step for DAZN to, to buy that channel, to take on the Premier League and Champions League and UFC contracts, which obviously bring in huge eyeballs and then merge, you know, Eddie Hearn's boxing programme across that channel, whether they represent re it as DAZN or they leave it as BT or whatever it may be. But there is an interesting conversation coming up there, of course, because Frank Warren has an exclusive boxing deal yeah. with BT Sport. Yeah. So it's going to be a strange few months if that, if, that deal does indeed go ahead. Indeed, yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot mm. finally, Nick. Um, what happens Saturday? Who wins and in, in what round? Uh, listen, from a <laughs> British perspective, for me, I just want to hear that final bell. I think if we get to the final bell, I think AJ will have won enough rounds early in the fight. And I think he may have to pick himself up off the floor down the stretch. But I think as long as we get to that final bell, I think AJ can do it on points. But 7, 8, 9, 10, I will be behind the sofa absolutely terrified because really? I know at some stage Usyk is going to have a good go. Excellent. Go, you wear their <clears throat> appetite. Cheers, Nick. Good to talk to you. <laughs> Cheers, boys. There we are, Nick Pete, co-host of the Fight Disciples with Adam Cattrall. And we've got to have a fight night show for you Saturday evening, obviously the undercard, and keep a close eye on 
all the events at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Where does it leave Fury Joshua if he loses and then Fury loses to... Well, that's that's the whole point. The thing is, who were we talking to about that? Uh, we were talking to someone in the world of boxing about that and they said, well, you'd still want to see that fight, wouldn't you, even if they both lost? And we yeah, said, probably well, yes, you we would, would, but it wouldn't um, quite look, be the same. Yeah, I mean, you know, you've got, it, you know, there's the boxing mm-hmm. politics that gets in the way of that, but uh, if people want to see a fight and they want to get the fight made, they'd probably still get it made. But, uh, yeah, it would muddy the waters, definitely. Anyway, as we said, uh, our boxing show, Saturday evening here on Talk Sport. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Things you've bought from the stars, um, one or two, I think, are clearly made up, but one or two have a, uh, I think have a semblance of truth in them. This one would be hard to make up. Um, my old man used to service her car when she passed away. The late great Bella Emberg of Russ Abbott, uh, blunder woman fame, mm. left my dad uh, her green Hyundai accent. Did it? <laughs> what a night in the will. And That's I bequeathed nice my Hyundai accent. Yeah, very nice story. Thank you very much for that one. We had another corker as well. Someone who, uh, yeah, what about this? Um, my dad in 1963 was walking through Preston Church Street uh, when he was secretary of a local club and bumped into Tom Finney. Tom said he was selling his house, um, Regent Drive, hmm. the house he lived in when he played. Um, my dad agreed a price, shook hands, and we moved in two months later. That's good. Ralph in Preston. That's fantastic. Blue plaque you need there. I've always, anyway. I always wanted to, when he was alive, Tom Finney, to drive past him and shower. You know when you drive through a puzzle and you shower him, like that famous photo of him in playing, and yeah. they did the statue of that as well. Well, well speak, I, it wouldn't have been fair to do that. We to, should maybe speak to someone now who possibly saw Tom play. I don't know. Oh, they yeah. are, this, this is the England over 70s football team. Our old friend Paul Jiggins alerted us to this uh, yesterday and wrote about it in, in, in The Sun today. Um, I had no idea. We had an over 70s side, but I'm very glad we do. Um, and they take on Wales tomorrow. And uh, joining us now to tell us a little bit more about it is the player manager of England over 70s, Ken Pollock. Good afternoon, Ken. Yeah, good afternoon. Yeah, well, this is good news. I mean, really pleased to hear that um, you guys are, are still turning out at 70 years old. Um, and how... we should say, this is a clear thing, that it isn't walking football. No, this, this is, is proper football. <laughs> no, that's right. It's Association Rules Football, 90 minutes. The so, full... yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty, you know, it's. Uh, I think we've got 16 uh, guys uh, tomorrow and... Um, you know they'll all get a run out, um, and uh, it's as I say, it's, it is what it says. It's uh, it's normal football. How long have you been involved with this sort of England vet setup, then, Kim? Yeah, since about about the last ten years. Right. About, yeah, about the last ten years. And uh, we started off with the sixties, and um, and that got going. We've the, 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 we've got the fifties, fifty-five, sixties, sixty-fives, and now seventies. And uh, you know it's been going for a number of years now, and we've we you know with a lot of. Uh, Lot of success, really. Um, we play home, the, the 50s, 65s, 60s all play home internationals against all the all the countries, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's grown and grown. I think there's about something like over about a thousand people involved with it now. It's it's you know it's, it really has wow. taken off. It's fantastic. Was it, you, I was going to say, was it difficult to get recognition from the FA initially or not? Well, I think it's like a lot of these things. You know, I mean. It, <clears throat> It's a, it's a good question, but it's these yeah. all these things. I mean, even the FA itself, when it's set up, what in eighteen sixty three, I think it was. You know, they had a meeting in a pub, and the world didn't turn around and say, "Oh, you know, we've got a set of we've got a sort of set of laws here. Let's uh, let's let's everybody in the world start playing football." It didn't. Mm. It sort of it grew, and uh, it's no different with us. But be perfectly honest, it's no different with us. It's gradually, it's gradually sort of got bigger and bigger. The FA certainly on board. In fact, it's the FA that sort of give out the press release. So. 
you know, it's it's um, it's it, it's just growing and growing and, and getting more and more. Uh, you know, more in support from 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 lots of different quarters. To be yeah, perfectly excellent. Honest. Yeah, and of course, representing your country at any stage has got to be yeah. a, a wonderful yeah. thing. Uh, in the feature today in the Sun, uh, John Shannon Jr. is featured with uh, his dad, John right. Shannon Senior, mm. <clears throat> who's a hundred and four. I mean. Yeah. That's John Shannon Sr. John, yeah, no, not, <laughs> <laughs> but I did have this idea that, you know, you always see this thing with unruly parents are sort of oh, told yeah, off yeah. by the match officials yeah. for sort of overly encouraging yeah. their kids. It would be great if that happened to John Shannon Sr. It's yeah. great, though, when dads yeah. come and watch their kids play, even when they're under <clears> four. Yeah. It's lovely, isn't it? Yeah, it's beautiful. Isn't it? I mean, it's the gag is, you know, he's, you, you, can, you know, the gag is his father still saying, you still don't play that. That ball with your left foot, like I told you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. You know, but Dad, I'm 79. Yeah. Don't give me that. It's great to see him there. Absolutely. Have most of the guys kept playing? Because I think that's probably the key to it, isn't it? If you give it up, it must be hard to take it up again. Yeah, that's right. I think, I mean, I think one of the reasons we're so keen to push it really is that is a, lot of, a lot of players get to that 30, 40s age, don't they? They, they sort of say... Oh, I'm a bit too old for football now, and you know, I, I, perhaps I'll pack mm. it up and da da da. And really, you know, the, I think I'm, what I'm hoping is that the, the, is that the different groups that, that, that are still playing, you know, tell people, say to people, you know, come on, guys, keep it going, and uh, it's doing you good. It's doing you, ever, you know, lots of good, obviously health wise, and it's doing fantastic health wise uh, advantages for, for continuing to play, as well as the social advantages. Mm. And uh, I think that's what we're trying to do is to sort of encourage guys to keep 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 at it, boys. Are there any ex pros in the setup at all, Kim? Yeah, Gra- uh, um, yeah, um, Graham Collier is. Uh, I think he's an ex. Uh, he, he's funny. He's, he's not playing in the game because he's on holiday. But uh, <laughs> but um, he's ex. He's one of uh, Cluffy's boys. Oh wow! And uh, and, and uh, certainly we've got a few Tony Drinkle who played for Lincoln for a number of years. I mean, we've got quite a few boys who played have played uh, pro, semi pro. But of course, the thing is, as you know, as, you know I'm sure you you know you, as you know. Just because the guys can do it at 23, it doesn't mean they can do it at 63. Mm. And and you know, and, and age is a sort of great leveller. And um, and also, of course, the football in the old days. I mean, it was a tough school. I mean, for the pros in the old days, it was a tough school. You know, the heavy balls, the hard oh. tackling. Mm. You know, the, the 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 heavy pitches. You know, it was a, it was it wasn't easy for them. Oh. And uh, it's not surprising, you know, that not everybody's sort of you know still playing on a regular basis. Are there teams outside of the home nations? Have you taken, I don't know, South American or other European teams? Yeah, no, that, that's. Uh, I think that's that's one of the things we, we're pushing for. In certain, in terms of the age categories, I mean, there has been vets football played abroad, yeah. but not under the the age the age uh, category format. Because what I guess what what's happening here is that you know the 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 under the the FA have the under 16s, under 17, under 18, under 19, under 20, and under 21. So then he goes to the senior team. And, you know, and, and then with the format 50, 65, 60, 65 and 70s, there is a sort of pattern going through there. And, and that is not, that, that latter pattern is not being replicated abroad. But, you know, we, we set up the laws in the first, first place. So it's, I guess it's not, it's not too surprising that we're innovating. You know, we're still innovating. Now, a lot of teams have a sort of animal mascot. Yeah. So I think this team should have the Gallipagus turtle. You know, Galapagos. To, yeah, Galapagos. <laughs> they live, <laughs> yeah. saying it wrong. They live to about 180, don't they? they? I think they do. Yeah, 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 they should have one. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Gary, yeah, we'll the Galapagos turtle. He could come on, take that half hour, come on to the pitch, couldn't he? Yeah. Yeah, that's right, yeah. I don't know who's playing yeah, for... Well, the, the man of the match, you know, he gets <clears> the defibrillator. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> so, so, oh, it's, getting, it's getting dark now, Ken. It's getting dark. And it makes it a synergy. Yes, it could be. Yeah, you should have that on the front of your shirts. The um, I don't know who's playing for Wales tomorrow, but I occasionally see the great Cliff Jones, former Spurs and Wales winger. Cliff could play. Cliff could turn out. He still, you know, he still looks very fit. So I don't know if he'll turn out tomorrow at eighty-six. But um, do you know who's in the Wales team? Uh, yeah, I'm not too sure. We got a few. I haven't sort of seen their team sheet. They're keeping it very close to their chest. Mm. But um, you know, they they certainly got players who played for a couple of. I know some of their midfielders. A play for play from one of the Bristol teams, you know, on a long on a long term basis, and um, you know we've had Dave Golden play for Southend. We've we've had all sorts of players playing, uh, you know, who've who've played good quality football, and um, as but as I say, you know, it's it's not it hasn't always been easy for the pros to keep it going from that generation. It's not been easy for them. So, can people come and watch? It's at St George's, isn't it? The game. Yeah, it's St George's. But even what, what, what also we've got, we've set up. Um, <laughs> funnily enough, the guy who set it up is a 70, 79 year old, right? Um, John Shannon. He set up a live streaming. Him and his uh, son-in-law, wow. Owen, they really? set up live a live stream from the. So, if you if, if people go onto the EVFC EVFC Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll find the link there, and they can, if they want to watch it, they can watch it in the comfort of their own home. When's the ki- when's the kickoff? Um, uh, that is uh, two o'clock tomorrow. Two Brilliant. o'clock. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, look, good to talk to you, Ken. All the best. Uh, keep up yeah. the good work. Uh, it's it's a great idea. And it's great that you the FA have reports it. into the show tomorrow. We should think. do. We'll be on at two. We'll keep an eye on it. We'll keep an eye on the score while we're on air tomorrow, and we'll keep the listeners updated. There we are. That was uh, that. that was Ken Pollock. He's got to go and get training, hasn't he? He's got to go and get training. <laughs> it's uh, Ken Pollock there, the England over 70s player manager. Yeah, we will keep you updated with that game tomorrow after the t- bit of live sport. Send Jeff the Peters. Show. He can do the birthday spread from there. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Good afternoon, Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. The breaking news in the world of fishing is that Charlie Baker just bought a couple, uh, just, sorry, just caught a couple of nice... bought a couple. Well, he might have bought them and just put them on a, put <laughs> them in a them net. <laughs> yeah, he's just caught a couple of nice looking perch. Hasn't he? I'm yeah, he's just got two. No, he, just... he fancies a bit of fishing, Charlie. Oh, another one. Look, he's yeah. under the bridge somewhere in Oxfordshire. That's all I can tell you. But a couple of perch have come out. They're, look, they're looking rather good. Looks very pleased with him. So. Oh, well, that's surprising. He's back tomorrow, of course. I'm sure he'll be talking us through that, whether we like it or not. Um, so, uh, you've been telling us this afternoon, as promised, uh, Elton John's old jukebox. I, I used to work at a carvery in Exeter that spent... Nearly apparently 100k on getting Elton John's jukebox. It outbid the Savoy to get it. Apparently, the thing was the really? Carvery. O- <laughs> thing was the Carvery only cost seven pound, so it never made any business sense to me, <laughs> no. and it didn't match the decor. That's <laughs> strange thing to do. Imagine that you have to mortgage the business race to get the Elton John uh, <laughs> seven. You can put your Carvery prices up, wouldn't you? Really, <laughs> you just would, to pay really. for the jukebox. Anyway, thank you very much uh, for that. Um, some of those old sayings as well uh, you've been telling us about. Uh, nice one. My old granddad used to say, uh, an elephant's nest up a rhubarb tree. I think he meant mm. it in association with a kind of futile task. He said, I still use it. Uh, that comes from Christopher in uh, Leicestershire. And, uh, somebody, yeah, this is somebody's old nan. My nan used to shout, I've gone out with me hat on. 
whenever I asked her repeatedly for anything as a kid. I'm now 30 and still haven't got a clue. What does that mean? What she was on about. Some of these things just don't need explaining. CJ, thank you for that. The items you bought from the stars because... um, This is because Matt Ryan, former Arsenal and um, uh, Brighton keeper, is uh, having a bit of a sell-off of a double bed, an L-shaped sofa... Uh, circular glass uh, table with dining chairs. So uh, if you're interested in those items, apparently get in touch. But um, just wondering if you bought any items from the stars. You can tell us that and some of those old sayings you've never quite worked out. Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TSHNJ. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Paul Hawksby, Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. Don't forget, four o'clock this afternoon, we bring you Drive with Andy Goldstein and Charlie Austin will be alongside uh, Andy uh, this afternoon, the QPR striker. So, um, we're going to talk about a new book now. It's a collaboration between Mm. uh, our old pal and uh, former colleague Ian Wright and Musa Ogwonga. The book is called Striking Out. It's uh, it's a fictional tale of a young 13-year-old footballer who's uh, dreaming big, Jerome Jackson and uh, the people that help him out along the way. Uh, it's based, uh, I think, on the, on the, the life of uh, Wrighty and, mm. and other footballers, really, uh, of, of the sort of current era and their, their upbringings. And here to tell us more about it is Musa Rockwonga. Good afternoon, Musa. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. A pleasure. pleasure. Yeah. It's, uh, how, how did this collaboration come about then? So it's a couple of things. So Ian and I got to know each other because uh, I, I do a football podcast and he came on that um, a couple of years back and we kind of just became friends after that interview. We stayed in touch and then he did the Desert Island Discs interview with BBC mm-hmm. uh, and the response to that was was amazing. And so we sat down with Scholastic uh, publishers and they were talking about maybe like talking about Ian's life story and we were kind of like, actually, um, after a bit of discussion, we were like, people kind of know Ian's life story and outline. So if we do a book, we want to go with something a bit more surprising, which is maybe a look at Ian as as you know him, as I've got to know him, like, you know, Ian away from the camera, Ian as a dad, a mentor, an uncle, like a father figure. And so we thought of the idea of why don't we basically introduce Ian as he is now, you know, mid to late 50s, into a fictional situation and see how he'd mentor the next Ian Wright, mm. you know, the up and coming, up and coming kid from, you know, sort of emotionally abusive home background is trying to make it as a footballer and that was the kind of concept of the book you would excuse me i'm just <laughs> blowing my nose i do yes, apologize at least you're up you're honest <laughs> it's, it's, good, it's, good. It's, it's important <laughs> to be honest i am you and righty had different backgrounds but shared experiences i think yeah yeah that's right so i mean i, I my, my mother um is a doctor my father before he passed away as a surgeon so i've got you know middle class background uh and went to a boarding school and whereas Ian, you know, Ian had a sort of much tougher sort of path sort of financially and I think emotionally as well. But the common theme, I think, is that we both, you know, we had absent, well, my, my father died when I was four and, you know, he didn't really have a reliable father figure as such. And I think we kind of, we had that in common and it helped, I think, write the book together um, from that perspective. Um, to anybody who did listen to, right, he's very moving, uh, yeah, yeah, Island Discs. I think you, you know, he, he ultimately does find that that person who believes in him and his school teacher. And mm. it's quite it's quite sort of bittersweet, this, isn't it? Because Wrighty and some of the other characters of the book uh, are are the mentors almost that he wished he had. Uh, it's a kind of dream sequence. If if Wrighty's life could have been different, then he would have had people looking out for him the way the characters do in the book. Absolutely. And it's funny because, you know, you've covered football for a long time, both of you, and 
you hear the story so often with uh, people that make it. They're like, there was always one person. It was always like an uncle or someone that would took me to training or an aunt. There was always someone. Does that make sense? Just looking out yeah. for you. And I, we were almost like, you know, people don't realize the margin between making it and not making it in football is so, so small. It's so small. And we wanted a sense of you only make it if someone in the community or the community as a whole backs you. So we really wanted to celebrate that, I think, more than anything else in the book. How easy is it to get kids to engage with a sort of physical book? I mean, we know about TikTok and social media and all that. Are kids still interested in, in reading a book like this? You know, it's so funny. I mean, this is a bit, he's going to annoy me for saying it's my friend Martin based over in uh, Brussels. He dropped me a line and he said, like, the two kids have been reading it tonight, uh, each evening, basically. They're like really into it. And I think the thing about books is they offer something different to anything else. They are basically movies inside you know, in book movie, movies on paper, basically. And the thing about that is you can take a book at whatever pace you want, which is why I think that people are really keen on them because they just offer something different. So I'm not, I'm not bothered about the future of books. I think they still have a very big place in our society. And certainly the reaction we've had to this book, I think, mm. proves that too. And I think mm. young, young kids are maybe becoming a bit more aware of the backstories of players because, you know, players are putting their head above the parapet like Marcus Rashford and, and Raheem Sterling. We hear about their tough backgrounds. We hear their stories. So I think, you know, it won't come as a shock to these kids uh, and, and it, it will kind of strike a chord as they read this book. Absolutely. Well, you look at, I mean, you've got people like YouTube on YouTube, like Chunks to thank for that because they sit down with footballers and really talk about you know, people like Tammy Abraham, like, what's it like to actually be a footballer? Jadon Sancho, like, what's it like to kind of come through? What's the academy system like? Mason Mount as well. And we've also, you know, we're lucky. We've got a really, of course, we've had lovely footballers before, don't get me wrong. But this generation of England footballers, I think they're just a really lovely bunch. You just, the more I hear about people that have worked with them up close, they're just, they're just good humans, right? And people are open to hear those origin stories because they're really inspiring. It's the the, uh, the kind of um, the situation that gets uh, your uh, your main character uh, Jerome sort of noticed by right. He feels quite righty as well. You know, he's mm. he scores a great goal in the park, doesn't he? And righty's watching yeah. the game. Yeah. It does sound like the sort of <laughs> well, thing right. he would do, and then go a bit mad <laughs> about on the touchline if the kid scored a great goal. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. This is the thing we tried to get like you know all the best things about Ian as well, like the kind of the passion, the celebration, but also the eye for detail. Because the thing about the thing about Eden that surprises a lot of people, and this especially Arsene Wenger, Wenger was like, how can someone so passionate be so like cool in front of goal? And I think the thing about Ian that makes him so fascinating is you don't often have people that combine those qualities, right? Like it's a really, he's like on a different end of the spectrum in one human. So when it came to that scene, I was like, like Ian, we've got to put you on Hackney Marshes. We've got to put you on Hackney Marshes watching an incredible goal because I know that if you saw if you saw an incredible goal at any level of football, you'd stop and be like, "Oh my god!" Like we can all imagine Ian doing that. Of course, yeah. we can. <laughs> people love his enthusiasm, and that's what makes him such a great pundit. And and yeah. we were, he's a he's a really lovely man too. There's no no question about that. You both experienced casual racism in football, and in your case, in boarding school. Does that yeah. sort of feature in the book too? Absolutely. I think the two types of racism feature. There's a kind of I would call casual racism, which is kind of like the ignorance, but there's also the strategic racism, which is the long-term plotting of, I really hate this black person. I'm going to make life miserable for them. And I've experienced that too. Mm. Um, I experienced a really bad example of this. Uh, there's a really bad rage of the incident in the book, which is based on an experience of mine where I got to um, uh, boarding school and basically a kid that hated me found my dad's Bible. And it was the only thing I had left of my dad's at that point. 
and he basically like put it face down in the mud outside the church knowing I'd see it there so on my way to church I see my dad's bible like in the mud in the rain like face down because mm, a guy yeah it was brutal and mm. this is the kind of the level of racism people sometimes come at you with and I thought it's really important to show that that side of it in the book too I think and is the plan to maybe sort of keep keep telling the story is this is this book one of a series you think do you know what I hope so because I feel like when I you know when you work on a project like this Jerome had a kind of particular narrative and I, I feel like there's more to come from this character and there's more to come from from his community and also from his career so hopefully yeah hopefully there'll be a part two and this, as you've probably seen in the news today, Marcus mm. Rashford's use of social media are going to be added to the GCSE media studies curriculum. So kids will be able to say, well, That's what you got after games, I've got double Rashford. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It is great. Wish though, I'd had it? double Rashford. I, yeah, I, yeah, I think yeah. we'd all be able oh, to Can you imagine? Yeah. Swap double chemistry for double Rashford. So I don't, no, no hate for chemistry, but, you know, more love for Rashford. Yeah. yeah. Now that's a nice, that's a, a, a nice story and a nice development, isn't it? Yeah, that's... that's yeah, a nice endorsement from Trent Alexander-Arnold, but also from Steve fry you know, so, which is interesting as well in itself oh that was amazing yeah we so um roscoe who is um you know works with ian as uh, so on the management side roscoe called me up at 10 30 and he never roscoe doesn't call late like he respects my time i'm like it's got to be something serious and roscoe's like i'm going to send you this message and i'm going to call you back and it was the message from stephen fry who basically read the book and was like i read it in a single sitting i loved it like this is going to do really well and i was just like wow like because Stephen Fry is like, he's like the final boss, right? He's the final boss of like English culture, literature, public <laughs> life. So to have his co-sign was, was really amazing. Yeah. And, good. and finally, film rights. Is Wright going to play himself in the film? I mean, just who knows? I mean, probably fans is <laughs> a bit of Hollywood, doesn't he? Well, we have, we have the film rights, him and I, we have them together. So we'll decide on it. Um, but <laughs> I'd love, I'd love to. I think, I think, I think he's like, here's the thing, whatever he chooses to do, and this is the thing I tell a lot of people. They're like, what's it like working with Ian? It's like, look, honestly, this person could be an actor if he wanted, a broadcaster. You know, if he'd had a different life, he could have been a barrister. Like, people don't realise how sharp, you know, if you work with You can give Ian some stats for, let's say he's doing like a broadcast or something. He will take the stats and literally, like, in front of millions of people, five minutes later, will drop and deploy every stat perfectly in context. Like, the speed of his mind is something people don't often, like, I think, give him credit for, but it's mm. all there with him. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. Well, uh, the book is out now. It's called uh, Striking Out by Ian Wright and Moose Wonga, and uh, you can pick it up in hardback. It's published by Scholastic. Uh, give him our best, Moose. Good to talk to you. Thanks very much. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Have a nice week, yeah? Take yeah, care. And you. Thanks. Moose Wonga there, co-author of the uh, book with Ian Wright. It's, it's excellent. It's sort of pre-teens market, they say. That's uh, if, if you're looking for a good read. And, you know, if, if, if it's a subject that engages kids, even if they're not readers now, it's football and it's relatable and if it gets them sure. into reading, Sounds boys good. and girls into yeah, reading, yeah. and maybe they'll start to read other stuff as well, which, which is no bad thing. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. As Matt Ryan's having a bit of a sell-off, the old uh, Brighton keeper of a few uh, odds and ends before he heads to Spain, a mm. double bed, an L-shaped sofa and a circular glass table and dining table chairs. the old circular glass table. It's a bit 70s, isn't it, really? Is it? Well, it depends, depends what it is. Maybe he was um, putting on a, a production of Abigail's party recently. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the Matt Ryan players were doing it. Brilliant. Yeah, that's quite possible. Um, uh, so anyway, uh, he's uh, he was selling that off. So we're looking pre-owned by the stars. Mm. This is the corker from Zone. I have in my garage the Quinton Blake's old easel. 
That's, so Quentin Burke's a Quentin bloke. So Quentin, he's a sir. You can't call him Quentin bloke. It's <laughs> a yes, Quentin Blake's old easel. Yeah, yes. uh, he explains why. Oh, yeah. He didn't nick it. I was working in his house in Radlett and he was throwing it away. So I said, would you mind if I had that? And he said, no, be my guest. I've never used it and I probably never will. But as he was Road Dahl's illustrator, I think it might be worth something someday. Well, so true. I'm hanging on to yeah, it. That's but, very true. Uh, got a face like Quentin Blake's easel. It's another one of those <laughs> which fits in. A, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, Lee the Hammer used to like his old mum saying, if you can't fight, wear a big hat. There is some sense to that. Doesn't it? It make you make yourself look big, but it is. Uh, it's one of those. Things. I remember that. Yeah. Next time I'm confronted in road rage, yeah. I get out a top hat, yeah, a big ten-gallon hat, like a cartoon Russ Abbott-style hat. Uh, Easy <clears throat> says I got a nice suede sofa in Marbella that belonged to Goldie the DJ. That's oh, nice, that's yeah. nice, beautiful. Okay, pre-owned by the stars. Uh, keep them coming. Talksport.com. Text eight ten eighty nine. Tweet. To, I bought a car uh, from. I just remember the people who wrote. Uh, was that probe oh, with Pauline Collins and John Alderton? No, uh, was it no on? Yes, honestly, no, yes, honestly, honestly oh, no, yes, honestly, yeah, yeah, all those, I, I yeah bought, old, I bought a car from an there. old sitcom. It blew up in Warsaw. <laughs> <laughs> Did it? What sort of car was it? Oh, it was, no, it was a Mercedes, one of the little sports. Mercedes, a little Mercedes Dakota sport. Top it blew thing, up. Yeah. Did you know? I'm knowing you, you probably didn't put any oil in it. Well, I think that was the problem. <laughs> it was. <laughs> I think it was. Yeah. They're not high on maintenance. You didn't realise <laughs> you had really. to maintain it as well. <laughs> Just drove it into the ground. I haven't had a chance to say how disappointed I am with the ECB for not no. going to Pakistan. I find it so annoying. And on the day when the MCC say, oh, we, we're dropping the name batsman to better to make the game more inclusive. That's more inclusive unless you're in Pakistan. <laughs> it's pathetic, isn't it, that they can't find 14 cricketers to go out there and repay the favour they did for us. They saved the ECB's backside last summer. You know, yeah. it's disgusting that when... It's a four-day tour. I mean, Atherton's seething. So many people are unhappy about it. I don't yeah. know how they sleep at night, these people. It's really, really poor. There's no excuse for it. I'm no, no I, I fully expected you to feel like that. Of course, we did We did discuss it yesterday, but, yeah, it's uh, it's not... You it's know, we not saw that programme well. about cricket in Pakistan. We know Wasim Khan really well, yeah. the president of the East uh, Pakistan cricket board and I just find it incredibly disappointing it really is it's amazing uh, I saw that Brentford Fulham and QPR all played at home on the mm. same night which I refer you to my piece last week that you took the mic out of me <laughs> saying I was angry that Brentford and Chelsea are always scheduled at home on the same weekend yeah I mean geographically as you said you, it makes the whole area busy it does seem quite odd I mean, I, I mean Brentford will have more Saturday three o'clock kickoffs than Chelsea yeah but it's difficult guess. you know it's alright I mean if, if like Saturday's I mean, fine because many, it's a twelve thirty kick for you, Andy. To be fair, no, there's not many there people, people who got season who, tickets for I both. I bet there are people who want to go to both. Fifty. <laughs> 50 they well, the Premier still, League to schedule all their fixtures for 50 people including you yeah I think so I don't there's think a so. fascinating interview with uh, Mark Klassenberg in the Times today he's yeah. got a book out and uh, it just bears out everything you've ever said about referees it, it's such a bitchy they're worse than soup they're worse than supermodels they're all I mean basically you know I don't know should we expect it to be a brotherhood because everybody's looking to kind of get the, the best gigs and be mm. the top Referee, yeah. so that does mean there's an element of competition. So there must be an awful lot of Schadenfreude, you know that that situation where you see someone make oh, a yeah, bit of a wreck and you think, oh, I might get the North London derby, I might get Liverpool Man U next week. So suddenly you're thinking he might have got that, but he stunk the place out. So Mike might give me a call. So I suppose the whole nature of it, because it is so competitive and everybody's mm. fighting for the best games, but it does. I mean, it, when I've been in the company of referees before, they you know they kind of take they're like footballers and take the Mickey out. 
out of each other, but there's always a bit of an edge to it. Oh, yeah. You always think, oh, no, no, blimey, we remember, don't close. we, when we were at the World Cup and uh, with yeah. Howard Webb, another person that Clattenburg doesn't like. Well. And he doesn't like Mike, he, no, he likes Mike Dean, he doesn't like um, Mike, uh, Mike Riley, Riley or, yes. or David Ellery. He's gone quite scorched earth, has he? Oh, yeah. Um, he yeah. said, uh, um, Riley is snide and a boring, I can't use the word. Right, okay. Um, He's not playing David Ellery is a slippery, sly toff. And these, these aren't my words, I don't know. And Mar- Martin Atkinson's capable referee, but a square, apparently. A, a square. Boring was it and 1972. <laughs> <laughs> but this description of. Jurgen Klopp, I mean, this could be any manager, all yeah. football managers like this. He said, reaching the top meant engaging with Jurgen Klopp. Brilliant manager, sour loser, strange bloke. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, what football manager isn't that? Yeah, there really. will be a, a sort of hint of the strange about them all, really, to do the uh, job. Yeah, yeah definitely. That sounds a good book, though. I, I, yeah, it's well what it's, uh, it certainly sounds uh, interesting. Um, uh, Bill Burroughs said, I'm going to start using uh, Quinton, a face like Quinton Blake's easel. And people say, what do you mean? They say, well, if you don't know, mate, I'm not going to explain it to you. Never explain, Bill. I think that that is certainly Very the true. I've got Jude Law's old Audi S8. Oh, no, I haven't got it. He said, but it is for sale on Auto Trader. <laughs> Thank you very much. Does it say Jude Law's car on Auto I don't know. It's, I don't know if it says ring Jude on this number. <laughs> uh, one of the listeners said, Jude Law's old Audi S8. Okay, well, lovely mm. vehicle, sir. Fully loaded. <laughs> I imagine it's nice. Just yeah. uh, You can't do that one about uh, just <laughs> use buy an old, let it go to and from the shops. <laughs> Can you really? You can't try that one. In the uh, great night for Jay Rodriguez at uh, Burnley. Oh, yeah. yeah he scored all the goals, didn't he? scored all the goals, yeah. And... Uh, but and Maxwell Cornet, or is it Cornet? Cornet, Cor- he's not Maxwell Cornet. <laughs> but it says here, three minutes after the hosts fell behind, uh, Rodriguez nodded home a Cornet corner. <laughs> Brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> that would be good, Cornet corner. That's what they've got to do that in the Burnley programme. Cornet corner. Cornet corner. That would be good, wouldn't they? Just uh, a chance for him to uh, to do his... Uh, nickname's got to be 99, though, isn't it? Do you think so? Got to be, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it could be, yeah, I can't think. But always, uh, one of the boys could call him. It won't make any sense to him, will you? wonder why they're calling him 99. It would have been good if he'd worn 99 as a shirt number. Would have been... Been, it works for me. Would have been good, wouldn't it? Uh, Greg's have brought out a uh, vegan sausage and bacon roll. Oh, yeah, think, great news. Yeah. strange. And, uh, mm. But, of course, nothing can, can be <laughs> reported without Twitter being used to validate everything. Yeah. One fan tweeted, I've got to hand it to you. I've just tried the new vegan bacon, and it's good. Yeah. Well, this is just saves you time. It's so much easier than wandering oh, around the streets, uh, vox-popping <laughs> people, isn't it? Because it's it's, it's it's a lazy vox-pop. In the past, mm. you'd have to go out. Some poor sat from one of the papers would have to go, wandering around, stand outside of Greg's yeah. for about six hours and say, have you just had the... No. Have you had... No. Have you had one? What was it like? Yeah, it was very nice. And then they... But, of course, Twitter allows them to do that from the comfort they're That office. is true. Uh, more man-cadding yesterday oh, with yeah, Craig... The county uh, Championship. I'm surprised the ECP haven't called it person-cadding in light of the Oh, OK. Today, You've gone on one of them, have you? Not really, but, I mean, the thing is... <laughs> Why don't... Um, no, I've got nothing... I'm, well, they I don't have a problem Andy. with batter and batter. That's fine. That's, all that's fine. Andy, they problem. haven't called it person cadding because that's not his name. No, you've, no. You've Vino thought... person cad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think it's about time. That's not my point. My point is that it's about time they allowed this. 
I do think they should allow. <laughs> <Some cadding. laughs> so, yeah, yeah they, they should allow. Do you say they should allow people to? Yes. To uh, basically, uh, basically, do. I run think, out. I think it should be legitimate. The I think all, you know, the non-strikers in. All this idea that's you know we don't play gentlemen versus players anymore. Well, in we? the game so, yesterday, there was, a, there was a warning to the batsman that was uh, that was taking liberties, yeah. and then he M- he was man cadded. Yes. And then, but the appeal was withdrawn, yeah. so it didn't actually count. But it was just making a point. It's annoying that it happened to me in a game where the uh, our captain withdrew a, a, an LBW that was given by the umpire because being I, the great because I gave you are I gave the bloke a send off. <laughs> you're a piece of I work. Know. You really it wasn't are. good, but even so, you should never have called him back. Yes, and he's so posh. As a point of the posh thing, we don't do send offs yeah. at this club. I bought a BMW from a car shop. Says Yusuf. Um, found a receipt in the glove compartment, tucked away at the back. It was John Parrott's car. I'm an avid snooker fan and I was curious and researched the address and found it did actually belong to that John Parrott. Research or stalk? (laughs) No, we just... I I think you'd be interested if you think... Could it have been that John Parrott? I suppose I might, yeah. I suppose if there was a queue in the back seat, that would be enough (laughs) to give it away. (laughs) Give it away, wouldn't it, really? Yeah. Or if um, Tony Mio was sitting there, I mean, it would be be strange. You tend not to buy a car with a (laughs) snooker player built in, don't you, really? No, not really, no. My mate's got uh, the old Ipswich manager, George Burley's sofa. Uh, says Mags. Does he know? I mean, should we alert crime stoppers? <laughs> <laughs> if he wants it back, it's going to cost him this. Ring this number. No, he didn't say that. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, there we are. That was this afternoon's show. We'll do it all again tomorrow. Uh, Charlie Baker will be with me. Andy, you'll be back with Jeff Peters for the birthday show. Yes, yes, yeah, all done. The really. gag's good. You're pleased with them? Well, you know. <laughs> well, uh, well you know, like Sven. You know, they're so limited, aren't they, really? The quality. Yeah. Let's be honest. So, um, <laughs> yes, well, we'll be back and uh, Andy will be joining us. If he can, listen, great. If not, podcast. Podcast available about 4.30. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.